I'm here at the cafeteria PS 130 in Brooklyn with these amazing kids. I was spending time with fourth graders, seventh graders, and they are passionate about wanting to make sure they are healthy and the earth is healthy. And they believe in Meatless Mondays. And I want you to know why we're going to do it for the whole school system, because we need our kids to be healthy and a more balanced diet, more vegetables, more fruits, more meatless options, good for everyone, good for the earth too. We know that we're going to have to do a lot to fight global warming. That includes looking at how our food is produced and choosing some other options, striking a better balance. That's what this is all about. And I got to tell you, when you're talking to a 10-year-old and they know this is good for their body and good for the earth, that proves we're going in the right direction. There's a lot of enthusiasm. The kids told me that the food tastes better. Now that they have these meatless options, they're getting a lot of great tasting food that they're excited to eat. They don't want to throw away or pass by. They actually want to eat their lunch. And as a parent, that is music to my ears. Always want our kids to eat their veggies. Now they're actually doing it. Enjoy. Hey, you know, sometimes when I hear Bill de Blasio speak, I really am moved by the fact that uh, he is the consummate totalitarian. He wants to tell me what to eat. He wants my children to have meatless Mondays. And he just, you know, makes that a rule. Help me out here. But when did we stop allowing parents to parent? When did we decide that parents were just so awful that we would have to, uh, you know, take away their parental responsibilities? And I can tell you when we did. I really can. I can I can almost pinpoint the time. When I was a kid growing up, and I've told this story before. I did not tell this story until my father and mother had actually, um, you know, passed. Because that's how, the, that's how important this was to them. My father, at one point in my childhood, lost his second job. Now, my father always worked two jobs. He worked at the United States Post Office. He went in at 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, and he worked till I guess, about 1 o'clock. He was, at the time, he was something called a timekeeper. They don't have those anymore. But that was his uh, elevated position by the time I came along. He had been in the post office many years. <clears throat> he also always had a second job because it was virtually impossible to make it without a second job if you wanted any uh, if you ha if you were married to my mother let's put it that way who needed to have a different couch every two years and they never had credit cards they paid for everything so she put it on layaway and by the time and and i never got this because she would have the couch covered in plastic slip covers so it never got messed up but she still needed to change it and she never picked the same shape so we always had to get new custom clear plastic slip covers I know there's people in the audience shaking their head. They remember those plastic slip covers that you would sit on them and your 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 butt would stick to them. It would virtually pull the skin off you, your yeah. legs. Especially here in Florida. Well, the even there, off. we didn't have air conditioning. And I don't remember, I guess we had radiators, but, uh, you know, I, I don't remember. We had no air conditions. That I could tell you. When it got hot in the summer, we slept on the fire escape. And what I always also noticed, why did it always have like that woody color to it you know what i'm talking about like that you don't see those couches anymore it's got like the browns oh my sister still has those couches. she still has those oh, yeah, yeah. she and she puts plastic slip covers on in my yeah, room they yeah. always have them yeah but so the the insanity of uh my father having to work two jobs 
when he had a decent civil service job was that if I wanted a piano, he had to buy a piano. If I needed piano lessons or dance lessons, he had to pay for the dance lessons and piano lessons. Unlike these uh, cheating millionaires, I had to like learn everything, uh, including you know how to play basketball so that I could get a college um, to accept me. But it, it's it's amazing, really. It is stunning to me that the one time my father lost that second job, we got some food from, I guess it was the city of New York or whatever, some social service program came in and they brought this gigantic block of American cheese, uh, like a couple of loaves of bread, some cereal. I don't, I don't remember what else it was because for me it was all about that cheese, you know, and my father was so embarrassed that we were not allowed to like take the cheese to school like on a ch- sandwich because he didn't want anyone to know that we had gotten that uh, that little subsidy. But the expectation was that the parent would serve the food to the child. Now we don't do that. When my daughter was in the second grade, they started these, and she's 40, they started these, oh, yeah, well, uh, uh, no, no, we're not going to give the parent food. We're going to give free breakfast and free lunch to the kids at school. And, you know, the all you got to do is apply for it, and you can receive it. And like a parent couldn't make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and send it to school give them a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly instead they get a check and the kid gets free lunch made no sense to me and it basically told parents we don't trust you to even you know give lunch to your children we'll take care of everything including brainwashing these kids so sad just so 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 sad But uh, that's where we are today. And that's why it's not shocking to me to see parents paying millions of dollars to get their kids into these Ivy League schools where, by the way, the kid doesn't belong if they can't get in. And they'll have a very tough time. The curriculum is very hard. My kids who are really, you know, bright um, but weren't as well prepared as the kids who generally end up in these schools that go to prep schools or go to high, um, higher, well, how do we say this nicely, higher achieving public schools in cities other than Broward County. But they went and they, you know, they made both of them, well, now Derek never struggled. Jenya struggled the first year, but Derek never really struggled, but that's because he was, he's an obsessive compulsive character and he just studied around the clock. He got a job at the uh, Halal Center so that he could do his homework while he was working. He would sit at the reception desk and just do his homework at the Hillel Center in Harvard, where, by the way, all the Jewish kids were locked in on September 11th of 2001 for their own safety. So I'm really happy about this Jexodus movement. It's a bunch of Jewish millennials who are tired of living in bondage to leftist politics. They, the uh, mission statement says, we reject the hypocrisy, anti-Americanism, and anti-Semitism of the rising far left. Progressives, Democrats, and far too many old-school Jewish organizations take our support for granted. After all, we're Jewish, and Jews vote for Democrats. Until today, we are determined and we are unafraid to speak for ourselves. 
As combatants and veterans of the campus wars, we know the threat progressivism poses to Jews. We've had front row seats witnessing anti-Semites hide behind the thin veil of anti-Zionism. We know the BDS movement harbors deep hatred, not only for Israel, but for Jews. We're done standing with supposed Jewish leaders and allegedly supportive Democrats who rationalize, mainstream, and promote our enemies. We'd rather spend 40 years wandering in the desert than belong to a party that welcomes Jew haters. Wow. Go Millennials. This Their website is jexodus.org. J-E-X, like Exodus with a J. Um, why join? It says, is the new platform for Americans who believe in standing up for their Jewish identity and that our connection to Judaism makes us better Americans. It is the movement for those who understand the importance of staunchly supporting the Jewish state and the people of Israel. Join us. Join to send a message and change the narrative. Join to confront anti-Semitism and have a positive impact on our culture. Join to keep informed, to be heard, and attend incredible events with like-minded, proud Jews. A movement like Jexodus has been a long time coming, and this is only the beginning. We've got big plans, and we won't stop until we ensure a voice for every Jewish American. I'm going to follow them on Twitter. It's the very least I could do. For all press-related inquiries, please email us. I, you think I should get these folks on the uh, show? Absolutely, right? All right, let me uh, send an email to uh, to them and get them on. Send an email to Lexi. She's on vacation. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, she went away for a few days with the family, so I'm kind of on my own here, um, which is fine. I will, I will take care of this. I'm sure they have a phone number. We'll probably get a hold of them. It says to email them. So why would I not do that? Except that the email is not copying and pasting. Anyway, um, so the big story, of course, Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin charged with the uh, college admissions scandal. And the other big uh, big story is Beto O'Rourke, Beto, 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 is headed to Iowa. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's not going to be people of color. It's not going to be uh, women. The ticket is going to be Joe Biden and Beto. That's it. That's their ticket. Um, you know, Stacey Abrams running around going, I might run. I might run. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Please. Maybe you can find somebody to put you on the ticket, but probably not. I know you got to make the uh, response to the State of the Union address, but that's the only thing you've gotten. All right. Let's take a, a, let's take a, uh, a quick break. We'll be right back. It was pretty juvenile of you. Anyway. Um. Quick question. Can you set the record straight when it comes to the political interview? I just want to get to your side of the story. Do you believe that Trump and Obama are the same, just different when it comes to their policies? We understand that you refute this political story. Could you just set the record straight so we get your side of it? Do you think that President Obama is the same as President Absolutely Trump? not. That is silly to even think and equate the two. One is human, the other is... Is it true that you just think that he's more polished than Trump? 
One is human, the other is not. I don't know. I have a problem with with that uh, those kind of statements coming from a person who uh, adheres to a philosophy that tells her that uh, she should keep her head covered at all times and marry her cousin or whatever the heck it is that she did. Just have a little trouble with that, you know. It's uh, ma- makes me kind of uh, crazy. It's kind of like the De Blasio stuff when you hear him talking about how. You, you should have meatless Mondays in schools. Reminds me of the whole Michelle Obama, let's move, or what was that, move it program that she had where the kids were just basically throwing their lunches in the garbage because, I don't know about you, but like most kids are not uh, big on tofu burgers and uh, green spouts, uh, sprouts. I can tell you that because that's what my poor kids were forced to um they were forced to eat that stuff when they were growing up. And my son used to hide behind his lunchbox. He'd open up, well, in those days you had those metal lunchboxes, which you opened up the lid, and he would hide behind the lid so that kids wouldn't see him eating bean sprouts and, uh, you know, peanut butter on whole wheat bread. Because the other kids had, like, bologna and cheese on Wonder Bread. That's all he ever wanted was a bologna and cheese sandwich on Wonder Bread. <laughs> And uh, he didn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't eat it now. I go to his house and I can't find anything to eat at his house. It's like, who eats chicken sausage? Like, explain that to me. Sausage in and of itself is supposed to be made out of mystery meat having to do with cows and pigs, right? It doesn't have anything to do with chickens or turkeys. Man, I eat all them sausages. I don't care if it's chicken sausage. Or turkey sausage. What does it matter? It's just wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? You mean <laughs> sausage is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's if you're going to eat sausage, let it be sausage, you know? Like, uh, let it have... Uh, what kind of chicken sausage? <laughs> I, mean, just, I, I can't even know. wrap my good, mind around. So well, it. that's what my son had in his refrigerator. And I made breakfast for his daughter on her birthday. And I said, well, what would you like for breakfast? And she said, I want sausage and eggs. And I'm thinking, go kid, you know? So I open up the refrigerator and there's that box of, you know, organic, cage-free, no hormones eggs. And I open up the freezer and there's this chicken sausage links. And even after you cook them, they're still like white. You know, because it's chicken. I know it's like it's just wrong for sausage. I'm sorry. Look, if you want to be a vegan on Mondays, then be it all week long and stop pretending having meat substitutes. That's what always killed me when I was. Uh, vegan and i you know raised my kids that way i didn't get them like you know uh, boca burgers not that they even existed back then but you either are or you aren't if you need something that looks like chicken or looks like beef or look people on thanksgiving would have these tofurkeys that sounds disgusting it was disgusting it was like a loaf of tofu with the turkey seasoning on it you know it's like wrong it's just wrong you know, I didn't make my kids eat that kind of stuff. They ate beans and rice and vegetables. You know, I wasn't trying to trick them. Oh, look, here's a here's a here's a piece of turkey for you, tofarky. No, it's just wrong. And chicken sausage is basically wrong. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Like you were reacting with the turkey. I mean, chicken I sausage. Yeah, I didn't taste it, so maybe I am. Yeah, because yeah. I've had some good chicken sausage. I well, also yeah. had rattlesnake sausage, so I'm weird. Rattlesnake sausage? Good, actually. Yeah. I never heard of that. And venison 
Venison I've had sausage. Excellent. The best. It's a little lean for me, but chicken's even leaner. Well, so? deers are lean. Yeah, but so? Why, why, are you having, why do you have issues with chicken sausage? Because it's just wrong. There's yeah. nothing wrong. It's a lady who sent me an email or a text yesterday saying that, like, you know, I was being very unsympathetic towards somebody. And I said, that's, you know, I don't change. I'm, you know, wrong is wrong even if everybody is doing it. And right is right even if nobody's doing it. I just stick to the right, you know. That way you don't have to look over your shoulder. I told someone that this morning who, like, got out of a pickle. I said, isn't it nice not having to look over your shoulder all day? can't make this stuff up. You really can't. You had uh, some really crazy stuff over the weekend with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, another one of the demo uh, demo Democrats. I call them demo Democrats because they fit some part of it. She's a woman. That'll get her. That's good enough. You know, we can we can just uh, give her a we could check that column. Although women are not minorities. Why are they, you know, we're, there's as many women, if not more, um, than men. So I, I don't know what's the special category. Is it the, you know, the the genitalia? I don't know what makes them. Oh, it's the lack of numbers. Oh, boy. You can't. You can't make this stuff up. I don't know about the rest of you, but I love when I get these, like, surveys back from any kind of service that I've used. For instance, I flew long distances twice in the last couple of days. And I I prefer to fly JetBlue to other airlines across the country because there's more legroom and you have your own TV set. But uh, JetBlue of late has been involving itself in political matters in a way that I don't like. And I'm trying to just remain uh, outside of that and not deciding whether or not I'm going to... I had these tickets already, so I didn't have to make a decision. But I'm really looking at uh, making some decisions in the future. Look, I don't recommend people uh, announce a boycott of anyone. But I will personally stop using businesses that I feel... Um, are hostile to me. How about that? You know, there's an app out now where you can find restaurants where people can go in and eat with a, you know, Make America Great hat on. You know, imagine that. That's what we've come to, is that we're going to have to uh, have a Yelp-like app that says, Conservatives Welcome Here. I don't know. I just don't know. Things are disintegrating right before our very eyes. How about this? A breaking story. The Sixth Circuit just released a decision for Ohio in a case in which Americans United for Life filed an amicus brief. It's uh, Planned Parenthood versus Hodges. Uh, case summary. Ohio partners with nonprofit organizations to promote policies of the state. Through one such partnership, the state distributes government funds to several organizations to address a wide range of public health issues. For many years, Planned Parenthood participated in these programs. In 2016, Ohio passed a law that bans its health department from funding organizations that perform non-therapeutic abortions. 
Two Planned Parenthood affiliates challenged the statute, claiming that it imposes an unconstitutional condition on public funding in violation of the Due Process Clause. The affiliates are correct that the Ohio law imposes a condition on the continued receipt of state funds, but that condition does not violate the Constitution because the affiliates do not have a due process right to perform abortions. So they reversed the district court's contrary decision. That's uh, interesting. You know, this was one of the uh, discussions that I had over the weekend. You know, my son uh, has been brainwashed into thinking that somehow this reproductive freedom is, is the most important issue confronting women today. And, you know, I've been a woman for 65 years now, and reproductive issues have value and importance to me, but they are certainly not what drives me in any way, shape, or form. And if anything, I'm driven in the opposite direction. I believe that life is precious. I believe there was a guy on last night. I don't even remember what show it was on. It might have been uh, Tucker Carlson. Anyway, he was a former football player who is, lives in Alabama and is apparently very pro-life. Um, black American, five kids with two more on the way. So he's uh, definitely, he and his wife are a fertile American couple. And they just had a law offered at the Alabama state level called the heartbeat law. And that abortions are not to be performed if there is a heartbeat present. And so the moderator of the show, I can't remember if it was Tucker Carlson or Lauren, well, somebody, um, said, well, at what point, oh, no, I know it was, it was the, the uh, girl who's on with Bill Hemmer was filling in for Martha McCallum last night. Uh, forgive me that I don't remember her name. Not Shannon Bream. She does her own show. Um, whatever. This woman was asking the question, when, does there, when is there a perceptible heartbeat? And this young man said, at six weeks. So there is a law proposed in Alabama that would eliminate abortions at six weeks, which is probably the most uh, aggressive pro-life legislation that I've heard about. And my son and I were discussing what makes this a, a time where pro-life people are encouraged. And I said it has everything to do with Facebook. You know, if Mark Zuckerberg only knew how Facebook has contributed to turning millennials and younger people um, away from this sort of acceptance of uh, terminating pregnancies at just about any stage, including post-birth. Um, because now every girl who gets a sonogram, these 3D sonograms that are out now, you can see that it's a human being very early on. By eight weeks, you can see uh, fingers and heartbeats and eyes and you know it's very hard at that point to say well this is just a, a conglomeration of cells uh, and I just want to excise it from my body at that point you have to recognize that it's a potential human being um, everything is in place right now for it to become a human being upon completion so that's that's the greatest uh, 
the most positive thing that's happened for the pro-life movement is people putting up those sonogram photographs or, or videos on Facebook, which has challenged the idea that this is a blastocyst or a conglomeration of cells. You know, just because it may not be viable. Look, that's the whole argument that I have against assisted suicide. And I know people don't like to hear me say that either. But I, I just don't know what that, you know, who gets to determine when life is no longer a value. And if you say the individual, the patient, what if they change their mind? You know, I've known people who've received diagnosis and said, I don't want to live. You know, I, I don't want to go through the agony and then have been literally cured of whatever it was, whether it was cancer or some other debilitating disease. I know people who've gotten diagnoses like uh, like many of us have gotten, which say you have a chronic condition that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. So if, what if somebody says, well, I, I choose not to. I don't want my life to be compromised in that way. Should we just assist them? I don't think so. I think that they need to find out what life could be like. I think they need more support than they get, probably. But, you know, it's a very slippery slope when you start talking about what is, uh, you know, when people should start determining the end of life. Trust me, I made my, my uh, daughter the executor or whatever, the, my health surrogate. She gets to make the decisions if I'm not able to make them. And I'll tell you why, because uh, Derek would say, pull the plug, you know. She's, brain waves are flat, pull the plug, <laughs> you know. That's how easy it would be for Derek. He believes in, you know, that. But you're technically dead at that point. You never know. I've heard of all kinds well, yeah, of miracles. Yeah, people come back. And, and I'm one in of these people. State, I think life is precious, and I think it ends when it ends. And you don't have to speed up the ending. But you wouldn't be okay with somebody if it's terminal and they're in excruciating pain? Relieve the pain. Yeah, but there's only so much you could do. Find better ways of relieving the pain. You know, I, I just, I think where there's life, there's hope. And where there's life, there is, you know... Um, but isn't there a little bit of compassion in putting something out of it, like if you're in misery? Yeah, if it's a dog, but not if it's a human being. There's a higher order in human beings. Like they have a thought life separate from their physical life. You know, I know people who have been trapped in paralyzed bodies who have had incredible lives. Stephen Hawking. But that's not a constant pain thing. I don't know what it is, but would you have liked to have been Stephen Hawking's? Uh, it depends. I don't know. I exactly. I haven't gone through that. It depends. Like, exactly. I don't think you can have a, a, a one-size-fits-all um, that's a good well, reason to terminate. It, I mean, I, I always used to joke that as if I ever had that ever happened to me, I'll let you know if I want you to pull the plug or not. You blink your eyes three I, times. I'll, I'll do something. Yeah, well, let's see. If you could do something, that means that your thought process is working. And if that's working, then there's still life. Yeah. You know, but would it? I mean, Hawking became one of the most incredible uh, scientific minds in the in the world and trapped inside of his body and trapped inside of a of a wheelchair what well, wasn't the movie beautiful minds about him or someone yeah. like him well I mean, it's, it's sad that's a sad movie but anyway yeah it's i didn't see it it's so yeah it's just i felt so bad at the end why 
Because what ends up happening, like with his what? Ah, just never mind. I don't want to know. I didn't see it for that rough. reason. Yeah, I don't. Rough. But 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 he contributed to life, even in his um, completely uh, physically unable unable way. But I don't think he was in constant pain either. I don't know what he was. He just couldn't move anything. He just couldn't move anything. It meant he was dependent on people to do everything for him. To yeah. you know, so that's what I'm saying. The movie really says wipe his butt to feed him everything. You know, that's there's a humiliation factor to be sure, but he added so much to the world through his mind. I saw a speaker who has uh, he's nothing but a torso and a head, and he's contributed mightily. He's a preacher, and he's preached life into other people. But I think that's also to that person's. If they don't want to deal with it, I mean that's up to them. But I think that's but a that's a decision, decision that. Let me explain something. Suicide or even assisted well, suicide is a permanent solution to what might be a temporary problem. Well, I, I understand on and stuff like that, but I'm mm -hmm. also talking about like if it's terminal and you're going to be miserable and they're just going to keep you propped up for like two years and you're just going to feel all but that. But I pain. don't know that. You see, I have a friend who was diagnosed with a terminal illness years ago and continues to be a productive member of society. Um, what if what if when they were first diagnosed, they said, well, that's it. I don't want to live. Yeah, but that person's still contributing. I'm talking about bedridden. Well, even bedridden people can contribute. Hawking's did. I mean, I'm just saying for me, if, if it's that bad, I don't... Hey, listen, Hobo, let me, let me explain something to you. I don't know you. if I would want to. If, if it were you, I would personally pull the plug. I know. Well, uh, Felicity Huffman better uh, hope that uh, she's not going to require a pardon from the president because uh, some of her old tweets are resurfacing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is what liberals are like, okay? They love Hillary Clinton. And uh, they hate Donald Trump. So, hey, let's see if Hillary can get you uh, a pardon if you need one. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I just love the way they cheat. You know, they're always talking about the right and, hey, yeah, 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 and then they're always the ones that get caught. It's really pretty amazing. She's been charged in a massive college admissions fraud scream, scream? scheme. Um, I don't think you need a, a pardon for that, but what, whatever. The new budget is out. The Democrats are on full-out attack. They got a, bat, a battle-ready uh, group in there, especially these new ones, these newbies who have never really gone through one of these fights before. They think it's all peaches and cream, and it'll get them on TV, which is all they really want. So we look forward to it. You know, I think uh, he better stand by his wall he went after uh, Ann Coulter with a vengeance this weekend. So um, I think, you know, I think in spite of their falling out, he is the best hope that we have. He's asked for $8.6 billion for the wall. And hopefully he will, uh, he'll be able to convince enough Republicans to stand by him. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time until next time. 
I will be back uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself because everybody else is taken. Aunt Becky, no. That's who she plays. Uh, Lori Lachlan plays on Fuller House. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wonder if any of them are conservatives on this uh, arrest warrant here. Mm, probably not. <laughs>